It's good to be out tonight. It's good to have you out here tonight. And some of our truth seekers are joining us, both uh, adults and children, young ones. Good to have you. All right. Tonight we're going to take a look at Psalm 116. So you can turn there in your Bibles. I want to ask a question. Our young people, too, can answer this question. What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? What does that mean? Whose name do you call on most? If you're a young person, you probably think of what? Mom, Ma, Ma. How many say that? Say that a couple of times. Drew, you say that. How many times a day you think you call mom? A bunch of times. What about you, Malachi? How many times do you say mom? A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Well, that kind of reminds us of what it means to call on the name of the Lord. What do we call mom for? Why do we call mom? <laughs> you need her direction, all right? All right. Food. You want something, all right? We want something. We may want attention, want them to look, look, see this. Uh, we need something. We think we need something. Um, we, we just feel comfortable having her around, right? So we call on mom. Um, and so we can take that thought into calling on the Lord. Look at Psalm 116. Let's read that. You follow along as I read. I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pains of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay vows. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maid servant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. You notice when I was reading, there's several times when it said, call on the name of the Lord. Call out to God. And so 
Just like we talked about calling our moms, calling out to mom several times a day um, that children do, and we, even as adults, we still, <laughs> we still like to do that. Uh, it reminds us of how and what we should call on the Lord for. We should call on him because we need him. We constantly need his, um, his help. We are in trouble. So we call, we call on him to get help. But we also call on him to worship him. In fact, asking for his help is a part of worship. And that's one of the things I want us to realize today. When we call on the Lord, God is not troubled. You know, as a mother, humanly, you can get, you need a break from hearing your name called all the time. I realize that. It's just constant on you. God doesn't have that issue, though. <coughs> he doesn't say, all right, people, five minutes, don't say my name, please. <laughs> He's not human and prone to, to, to limitations like we are. And so when we call on him, we worship him. Psalm 105, verse 1 says this. I like the way this is worded. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. That, that, that phrase, call on his name, is kind of couched or sandwiched between things that talk about worship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And it says call on his name. It's like God is not bothered by us calling his name. Now, I do think sometimes we can call and use the name of the Lord in such a vain, repetitious way where it doesn't have meaning anymore. And we need to be careful about that. But it's not the actual calling out to God that bothers him. Not at all. He welcomes us to do that. In fact, he calls that a part of our worship. Psalm 105 again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. We are invited to do that. And not just two times a day or given a limit, all right, you're up to nine, one more time and that's it. No, he says call on his name. We invited to do that over and over and over again. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And so the one thought that flows with me throughout this, um, this Psalm 116 and this whole thought is this that it is actually worship to call on God's name. It's a part of our worship to seek him for help, to seek him to seek his attention. You know, I remember being a little kid, and every time I did something, I wanted my mom to see it. Mom, 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 did you see that? I'm riding a bike. Mom, 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 you know that story. Look, mom, no hands. Look, mom, no feet. Look, mom, no teeth, right? <laughs> But it's always, look, mom, look, mom, look, mom, 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 mom. And we're we crying out for her attention. And, uh, well, we ought to do that to the Lord. We ought to cry out for his attention. Look, Lord, look what I'm doing here. Uh, in other words, keeping him in mind in our daily living is nothing wrong with calling out to God and needing his help and coming to him for help. Next week, I'll go through several passages. I'll just, I'm enjoying just looking at the Psalms and seeing what it tells us about prayer. 
but here's one that we can call out to God. So today as we pray, let us remember when we call out to God, it's not a burden. We worship him as we do that, and he welcomes us to do that. Good evening, saints. God's word today. We're still continuing through the book of Hebrews. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our own good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. The writer of Hebrews, he demands a lot of us in his meditation, because he expects us to remember all the lessons that he's taught in the book of Hebrews, and he expects us to remember the Old Testament. He starts with Jesus. He ends up with Esau. He says this first, consider him. Consider him. What's the name, what's the thing about Jesus that he wants us to consider? He wants us to consider Jesus' endurance in the face of opposition. He says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. One of the things about Jesus is, at the end, who was with him? See, the thing about it as Christians is, we have to be prepared to be alone. We have to be worshiping God and stand strong enough alone. Now the blessing of God is that he put us with a lot of other people. He put us with his church. 
but we still have to be willing to stand strong alone. And so he kind of gives them this, this, this rebuke that when you really look at it, it's a high standard, isn't it? He said, in your struggle against sin, you ain't died yet. He said, you ain't resisted to the point of shedding blood. He said, listen, you've not been wounded. You've not been beaten. And I think we can say that in our day and age. We often say things like Christianity is hard. And I'm not saying it's not. But ain't nobody in this church died because they was a Christian. We don't have the government breathing down our necks. Nobody in here is poor because they a Christian. It may become like that in the future, but that's not how it is now. So then he says, okay, so endure. That's the first lesson. Endure. Nobody in here is suffering persecution to the point where they're being beaten or killed. Then the second thing he says is, God is disciplining you. So he said, don't treat a spanking like a wound. That's the second lesson, isn't it? Don't treat a spanking like a wound. One of the things we do as a teacher our children, and I believe we have to teach a lot of society, we have to teach ourselves this, is after you get hurt, you have to get up and stop all that crying. I have a rule in my house, once I give you a spanking, it's going to be a little minute time for you to be doing all that crying and sniffling, and you got to be quiet. If you don't be quiet, you'll get another spanking. Because there's a limited amount of time to cry. And that's the principle in God's word. And that's in everything. How much time did they take for Moses to die? They spent 30 days to mourn Moses. And after that, they get up and go about your business. There are things that we can be very sad about. I can't think of nothing you can be sadder about than somebody's death. We need to take time to mourn. But after a while, you have to go back. You still got a job. You still got bills. You still got other people that rely on you. What are we going to do? In the instance of discipline, what is God doing for us? Does he want us to stay still? Did he spank us so we can sit there and whine for the rest of the day? Do you expect us to get up? Furthermore, he says, if we walk around moping, we can injure ourselves worse. Look what he said in verse 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands to strengthen your weak knees and make straight fast for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. To the degree that we recover from the discipline of the Lord and keep on walking, we'll be healed. To the degree that we get all out of joint, we will be hurt. I've seen many people who come to church and they seem to be on fire. And then they get a setback. And that setback is normally when somebody says no to them. And I've seen people leave the church because they got told no. Oh, I want to do this special song. Well, no. <laughs> and somebody else will come and say, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't have said no to them. Well, listen. At the end of the day, it's going to be the Lord's church. At the end of the day, we all have to be told no at some point, right? We're not going to be a spoiled church. And as long as this leadership is in, in charge of this church, we're not going to have a spoiled church. So we will be told no from time to time. Everybody will be. That could be me. That could be you. We could be told we're wrong sometimes. You know what? 
It's not okay, but it's okay. You'll live. I lived. Every once in a while, I preach a bad sermon or teach a bad lesson. Guess what? I'll live, and you'll live. You know the quickest way to get over that? Admit you messed up. See, it's so hard to make excuses for something you can't make excuses for. You had to be really creative. And it take a lot of effort to do that. And it's a lot of emotional investment in fighting that. I was talking to a guy at work yesterday. He did something. He was pointing at everybody else. This person did this and this person did that. And I finally, I was somebody else. It wasn't even my driver. Somebody else talked to him. And I finally got so mad, I just said, listen, stop pointing the finger at everybody else. What did you do? Well, 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 he, no he's, no she's. I like the song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Maybe we need to substitute that. It's me, me, oh Lord, standing in the need of discipline from time to time. It's me, oh Lord, I'm wrong sometimes. It's me, oh Lord, sometimes I get in my feelings on something I shouldn't, oh Lord. It's me, oh Lord, I came to church late and I shouldn't be mad at somebody else. It's me. It's me who didn't wake up when I should. It's me. No excuses. Every time I do something wrong, in the back of my mind, I start preparing excuses. Plausible excuses. Half of them don't even be true or a mixture of things that are true and not true that I can draw out. No. Let's not do that. Let's just say I was wrong. You see, when you say you're wrong, the person don't have to jump up and down and beat you on the head. I always tell everybody this at work. Once you admit you're wrong, the conversation is over. I believe that's how God is with us, too. I don't think he wants to beat us down. I think he wants to say, did you learn? Yeah, God, I was wrong. Oh, that's it. On to the next. And that's hard. It's hard, but it's easy when you start doing it. You start to realize that that's the best way. Therefore, lift up your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees. Strive for peace with everyone, and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And so he starts to ask these things of us. But really what it comes down to is, let's not get bitter against the discipline of the Lord. Basically against the nose of life. That's what we got to strive. And we have to help our other see that, right? There are people in this church who want to be married. That's not. Let's help them not be bitter against the Lord. There's people who may want to have children and not, or don't want to have children and do. <laughs> Let's pray for them too. Let's pray that we don't let that bitterness take root. Because when it's in there, if it's been there for years, it's really hard to take out. So let's pray, amen. Good evening, everybody. Show of hands. Who dealing with some kind of injury right now? Yeah, who dealing with some kind of injury, some hurts, some sick? I guess only two of us. Well, Keep, keep in mind, too, uh, Marge Van, um, Papa Kenner, um, they dealing with stuff, too. So 
let's just have our prayer time tonight be for all the people that are kind of dealing with different injuries or illnesses of some kind right now, um, for their speedy recovery, their ability to join us back in the ministry, and um, that those um, injuries of those who are here, it doesn't hinder us too much with our serving and um, which is our daily lives, because we know it can be really annoying. Um, so let's get to have two people pray. Who wants to volunteer? Okay. One more. I'm going to say this right now. Y'all can't raise your hand to pray for your own fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Beverly will do it. We're going to have a talk about this, y'all. <laughs> All right, and I'll, I'll close the prayer. Lord, we know that um, getting injured, getting sick is just part of life. It's part of our fallen nature, and it's a constant reminder of um, how these vessels are just temporary vessels, that our perfect sinless bodies will be when we're with you. Um, but we do lift up the injuries, um, the illnesses that a lot of the people in the church are kind of dealing with. Um, I think of myself, I think of Pastor um, Papa Holtz, um, Um, my dad and my mom. Um, I, I think of uh, Mrs. Van. I think of Papa Kenner. Just going through just different things, Lord. You know what those things are. Um, we ask that you just continue to allow um, all those people that are just suffering to endure, to endure through that. Um, if you be your will, we ask for um, a speedy recovery. But we know it's just part of the process, part of the process of relying on you through our troubles. We ask in the case of Marge and um, Papa Kenner that you just help strengthen their bodies, help them to be able to join us again back in the fellowship as they are part of the body. And when a part of the body is missing, we ache. Um, we just ask that you just heal their bodies and um, strengthen them and just um, be with all the rest of the injuries. Just continue to do your will. I said you continue to strengthen us. Um, don't al allow these injuries to hinder our ministry and hinder our jobs, that we can continue to just do your will through our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.